it's funny that you're talking about like in meetings, it doesn't translate as well. I feel like if I'm not standing up, I feel less confident about it. Like if it was into a computer, oh, that's really? less cool. Or like even if like at the, the media team thing, it almost felt like I just kind of need to get through this real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I'm like standing up, it's like my time. Well, it's like I, I and, and, and maybe that's what you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe. And, and that's the thing is uh, changing your physical state. Um, but it was it was like Jessica. It was so funny. I watched her in a meeting. You know, she when she gets called on to speak, she just fucking freezes. But we had this leadership meeting where in the beginning she was called on, but it was like kind of just too quick for her to think about it. And she did f- phenomenally well, <laughs> like so fucking good. And at the end of the day, she kind of we were going around the circle and she knew it was coming. And then she just fucking froze. And it's like, dude. I just saw you do <laughs> remarkably well. So it's not like you can't do it. Like I saw it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it. And it's because you weren't thinking about it. <laughs> like you were just you were just going and doing it. It's like we need more of that. We yeah. need more of that. And I don't know what you need to do, but it's like. Like you need to learn how to articulate yourself effectively in all different situations, because like here's reality. Like this isn't going away anytime yeah. soon, but it's just funny to watch someone do it because it's like, all right. So I know it's in there. I know you can do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a really strange thing. I feel like it's easier to see in other people than yourself. Mm-hmm. But where you, you see them perform in a certain way and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't I didn't know this w- like was in you. Yeah. And so now and then when you see like a, a less refined version of that, you're like, I, I don't really understand what it took to get to that first place. But now it's like, how do we how do we get you to that place more often and more comfortably? Yeah, because it's like, well, you clearly can do it. And I've, I've seen it be comfortable. So now it's just what makes you uncomfortable so we can avoid those things. That's it. And, and it's a, and it's a I mean, it's it's a win for everybody. Yeah. Like when you're communicating more effectively, just in life in general, so much more. Just that's like the magic skill right there. Communication. Are you a big preparer? Like, do you do a lot of prep work just like for speeches or like for this like series a call team thing like are you do like all right i've got to do all, i got to do all these things so i'm straight on these facts i i actually have started to spend all the so the 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 less time i have the more serious i've become about mm-hmm. preparing yeah. and even for phone calls it'll be like i'll ask to to have a, a call scheduled and then I'll have to I'll have to say, Jessica, like I need you to tell me what this call is about and why before the call, so I can be like, okay, good. So here's what I need to accomplish. I roll into the call. You know, you have what's going on, this and that, and you can just get right into it. Um, like the call, the Friday meeting for everybody, I've probably spent mm, ten hours. Wow, twelve hours on it already, and I still have a while to go. And what I think is interesting is it's all information you've like been thinking about and have known for months and months and months in one way or another. Yeah. And so you're like, right, how do I communicate the important parts to a team that has very little context up to this point about it? Like, I'm sure like there are a lot of those struggles. And so the whole Friday call came about because Benjamin was like, hey, so I've been getting asked by our team what's going on here. And I feel like we owe it to the team to kind of communicate what's going on. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so Dan and I chime in. We're like, well, you know, this, this, this. And then I sit down and start thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. We need to give people context here. And then I started just, I just sat down on Google Doc and, you know, start from the beginning. You know, what is Buildwood trying to accomplish? Why do we need to go raise money? Why, you know, what money have we raised and why in the past? You know, what is burn? 
what is valuation and start to just define all of this and start looking at it from, you know, your guys' perspective, mm-hmm. not my per- I've been living this damn thing for six months, 12 months now. It's just, it's been a long process. Yeah. So I get it, but everybody else doesn't. So I need to assume that they're starting here, not where I'm at. Yeah. And so it went from four bullet points to four pages of information. Like, hey, I'm just going to email you real quick. Just a couple things to think about. Well, that's what we were going to do yeah. is, hey, you know, here's leaders. Here's your four bullet points. Go talk to your teams. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 hey. We need to step back because this is only going to cause more mayhem and we can't afford to have mayhem right now. Mm-hmm. We need to get everybody focused. And so to get everybody focused, let's polish our message. Let's give people the context and then let's give them the message from, let's let them hear from the horse's mouth and then let the leaders and everybody else within the team process the information, disseminate the information and ask questions as necessary going forward. Is that some, that bit something we should not put on the dirt top? I don't care. If okay, it's cool. On. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it was, Yes, we're raising money right now. Yeah, we're raising yes, money. That's, that's not been fake. my the past year of my life is raising money because we spend a lot of money. <laughs> it costs a lot of money to keep these lights on. Yeah, dude. Got a, a lot of folks yeah. around here, which is, I mean, so exciting. Like, it's awesome and so fun to grow the company in the way that we have, but it's also pretty expensive. And so if we want to keep being serious about the mission to make the dirt world a better place, turns out it kind of costs money sometimes. Yeah, but if we want to go make the dirt world a better place, go change a whole industry, you know, help a whole industry go to the next generation, it's obviously going to cost money. Yeah. We're not going to have to, we're, we're not going to be, you know, oh, oh, let's make this little adjustment here, a little adjustment here, do these, make this video. No, no, no. We're going to have to go create a big organization that creates big change. And how do you create a big organization? You do it with money. That's it, man. Mm-hmm. So it's not all about money from a sense of, I want as much money as I can get. I, me personally, do I want a shitload of money one day? Absolutely. But I don't know when that day is going to be. I'm not, I'm not consumed by that whatsoever. I know it's just going to show up one day. Okay, great, cool, check. I'm not worried about that. If I go focus entirely on how do I build an organization, go make the dirt world a better place, I'm going to get taken care of. If I focus on taking care of everybody else, they're going to take care of me one day. One day. Mm-hmm. And I'm 27, so I'm in no rush here. But... I am very focused on a, on money from a our business. It is a business. There's money coming in. There's money going out every month, and we need it to function accordingly. Money is where it all starts, man. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think contractors going to the dirt world, dirt the dirt world does a poor job of educating people in the field, especially how money works on a job, how money works with a construction company. I think all the guys in the field, they think everybody in the office is getting rich and they're the ones out there working their asses off. That's not the case. Most construction companies don't make a whole lot of money at the end of the day. And just because a job is billing $15 million doesn't mean the company's making $15 million. Yeah, it costs pretty close to that <laughs> amount to do it. If not more. Yeah, that's true. Because you could lose money. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so if, they, if con- contractors educated laborers and operators and truck drivers and even foremen on here is how the job is bid. Here's what these line items mean. Here's what mobilization means. And here's why there's so much money in the front. And here's why we need to go be diligent about how we order our materials, how we phase this project, cut our idling time. If they educate people about how dollars work, give them the scoreboard, you're going to have more effective projects. So that's what we're doing as a business now is, hey, okay, 
here's all the information so that we all have the scoreboard. There it is right there. I love that that metaphor of the scoreboard. That's so that's a perfect representation of what we're talking about. Yeah, because it's, you know, a, a, a PM could come out to a job site and say, you guys need to do better. And I look up at the scoreboard. There's nothing there. It's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? How do I do? I, like, how much better do I need to do? I don't know. Um, but if if you have, oh, oh, I see what he's saying. Yeah, we're trailing by 12. We need to pick it up here. Oh, yeah, we can do this. No problem, man. And then I bust my ass, bust my ass, bust my ass for four weeks. I look at the scoreboard and I'm winning. I'm like, check. This is pretty cool. Yeah. You see all you see those moving pieces uh, in motion, which is that's kind of a strange phrase. But if if you're seeing, you know, here's where, you know, maybe it's here's where we need to cut costs. Maybe we can go faster in this part of the project or whatever those things are. And then you see the outcome of those choices a couple of weeks later. Like, of course, it's like, all right, I want more information. Yeah. Now I can make these decisions. Uh-huh. But if you don't have that information, it's kind of harder to do that. Yeah. W- one thing I think about a lot that you've talked about from a just, you know, this, the fundraising thing is as a business, our company's gotten plenty of no's over the years. And if you if the only thing you did was call up the team every single time we got a no and said, hey, y'all got to know from such and such company or such and such person and hung up the phone, it'd be like, man, we fail all the time. Mm-hmm. And yet y- you rarely, if ever, have ever had like the the attitude and the opinion that like, man, we just we failed there on that. It's always like, well, here's all the context. Here's why that no works out pretty good. Or here's why that is was the way it was supposed to. Or how's that, how that serves us best. And so I, something I think about a lot is when you have like a quote unquote no with context, it is far more likely just to be an opportunity and less of a, we just screwed up there. And so I guess we'll just try again somewhere else. Yeah. You know, the, the, well, that context is so valuable. Yeah. And so to me, like that's all the scoreboard is, is context. That's it. That's it. And, 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 and just understanding too, that like no's part of the process. Yeah. It's that's just part it. of it. That's it, man. I just, I, if we're not getting no's, we're not doing a good enough job. Seriously. We're not pushing enough. We're mm-hmm. not doing things that that's why our opportunity is so big because people are saying no, because people don't see what we do. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. We just need to find the people that do, or at least believe that we do. They don't even need to see it themselves. They just need to believe that we see it and that we're going to take them there. That's it. Yeah. And we've done that for four years now. And we haven't even really gotten into the good stuff yet. Like the good stuff is going to be really good. It might get a little rocky for a little bit, though. I mean, especially like you're looking at the economic indicators right now. You're like, yeah, this is uh, it might get a little choppy here for a while. Okay, check. That's fine. You know, we all come together as a team. We all knock it out together. And then the real opportunities on the other side of that choppy water. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of no's and, and honestly the past three months has been all, like more often than not. No, 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 no. And if I didn't have something bigger than making money, I would have, I would have thrown in the towel so long ago, so long ago, but it's because I have that make the dirt world a better place. I can't fail at that. I have something I'm trying to achieve that I can't fail at. Okay, great. Quitting is not an option. It's off the table now. I need to go make this damn thing work. That's it. it but if I didn't have that that higher level purpose, mm-hmm. there's no fucking way I would be I would be here right now. Period. 
no question. And to think there's so many companies out there, I just spoke on Monday about this, that don't have that higher purpose defined for their people and they're turning people over, they're struggling to hire people. That's why. Like I just had someone call me, a senior leader at our company call me yesterday. He's like, hey, we, you know, we made these changes. And honestly, it, it would have been a little rocky, but it wasn't because these people are so bought into what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let you know that. And I'm like, thank God we have this higher purpose because there, there's no way, no way we'd be functioning without it. And so if you've built a company without drilling and driving home that higher purpose, fantastic. That's great. But I would get on the whole, we need to sit down as a team and think about why the hell we're here. Okay, good. We've laid it out. Now, how can we effectively communicate and articulate that? Okay, good. Now, how can we go communicate that very regularly to everybody at this company? Everybody day one, everybody that's been here for 25 years. I mean, start talking about this every single safety meeting and just driving it home. Mm -hmm. What can't you do at that point when everyone's bought into something bigger than just, I need a paycheck? Great. That's why people leave for a dollar more. They don't have the why. There's nothing greater. If you're just competing based on price, you're just going to, you're just sitting there. You're sitting duck until you get outbid. If that's all you have to offer, there's no way we can compete as an industry because there's all these other industries out there that can pay more money than we can. Like truck drivers, for example, there's not, it's not economically possible for us to pay what the trucking industry is paying right now. It's not. But what we can provide, I think, is a lot more substantial than a lot of these trucking companies can. So we need to compete there. But if we just play the price game, we're going to lose every single time, almost mm-hmm. every single time. And we're going to be sitting here complaining like we are right now. Oh, all these people, they just leave for a dollar more. That's because that's the only game you're playing. But if you play a different game, if you play that, that higher purpose game, mm, okay, you're not going to win it. You're not going to win every game. You're not going to, you're not going to go dramatically shift things overnight, but there's no way you're, you're not going to be able to win at the end of the day. Hell yeah, man. I feel like you're, you're really in it. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm really in it. Yeah. I'm really in it. Cause this isn't bullshit. It's real. It's real. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Oh, you get so excited. It's like, yes, because it's exciting because I believe in what the fuck I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like, man, I've been practicing this. <laughs> no, no. This is going to pull the wool over so many people's eyes. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, agree with me or don't, but it's working here. Yeah. It's how we continue to build this company. It was with, with those exact things. Dude, and we do a lot of stuff that doesn't really make sense as a company. I get, I get it. Like we've, And we've made a lot of dumb business decisions, but we're still here. Like we're still in the fight. And I largely attribute that to we have that higher purpose. We have a lot of people that should not be working here. Shouldn't be working here. Because there's a lot of other there's a lot of other places that can pay them a lot more money and give them a lot more, you know, fancier shit and titles and and this and that. But but they're here. Why? Because that's not the only thing that matters to them. Sure, they have to take care of their families. Sure, they need to get paid X amount of dollars. Yeah. Sure, inflation's at a record high and they're feeling the pinch whenever they go fill up for gas and go buy groceries and pay their pay their rent, whatever it is. That needs to be taken care of, but there's a lot more than just that. And until we think, think bigger as an industry, we're going to keep getting our asses kicked. Yeah. Well said. Mm-hmm. Feel good about that. Yeah. There are a lot of differences between how, you know, we have and how we're going to continue to build, build it as a company. There's a lot of differences, differences between that and how 
a lot of companies who are directly doing the work in the dirt world, there are, you know, significant differences between those two approaches. Yet there's, I think, a lot, a lot in common in that. Uh, I think it's important that we, you and I talk about that a lot because I think we, we have a lot of folks in our company who have never spent any time in the dirt world who are like, what is that mm-hmm. when they come to work for this company, myself yeah. included. Yeah. And yet it's like, we have so many people who are playing like huge roles and working towards our mission of make the dirt world a better place. And it's like, if those people need tons and tons of content, but it's also super valuable. Like the, the folks that kind of follow along with the build with story with you, with the podcast, with the vlog, all kinds of things, the more context they have over like what we're doing and how that like affects our greater mission, the better for everybody. Yeah. If we're like, if it feels like we're all on the same team, it's going to be because we understand what we're, what we're all doing together. That's it. And so I, I, I love talking about it, um, especially in this place. Because to me, it goes back to, I want more context when it comes to the things we're working on. And so when, you know, people who are listening to the podcast, people who follow the build with thing, my assumption is they want more context too. And if, if we're not open and real about those things, that's not context. That's not helpful. It's just mm-hmm. like, here's what we're doing cool at build with. We can share those things too. But I think it's really important to be like, here's where it's hard right now. Here's how... We're trying to grow and we see the value in this, but it's still, like you're saying, it's really expensive to grow in those ways. And so um, I love talking about like that context part of what we're doing here, because like, I think that is an important part of making the dirt world a better place. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I try to talk about it in a nuanced way because it's, yeah, we're not a blue car workforce. I guess we're not. We don't move dirt every day. We don't, we don't, but we're still human beings still serving the dirt world, still operate within the you know, uh, rules of, of overall human nature. It's all the same principles. And then, okay, great. Throw build with out the window. Let's not talk about build. We just get to see a lot of companies in the industry in a very intimate way. Yeah. I get to see most companies in a way more intimate manner than most people get to see companies. Most people have seen who work at those companies. Yeah. Most people have seen, you know, see their company in an intimate manner and maybe they've worked for five different companies and they've seen it, you know, real intimately. But even if they work at their company, they see it from their perspective. I get to go see it from a field perspective, from a management perspective, from an ownership perspective. I get to see it from, you know, maybe a subcontractor. I get to go see it from all these different perspectives. And, and I say, I, you know, build it as a whole. We get to see all those perspectives, put it all together. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's some common themes here. And I've been saying this, you know, I spoke on Monday. I said all this, hey, we need to define our higher purpose and communicate that effectively. We need to tell our story. We need to create entry-level positions into this industry. We need to talk about entry-level positions. I'm saying all this stuff and I'm not getting booed off the stage. I don't have a bunch of people walking up to me saying, where'd you get this information? Yeah, you are a jackass and you are completely wrong. Yeah. I got a bunch of, yeah, hey, actually, we're going to have a meeting about this next week and we're going to start to talk about our higher purpose. Fantastic. But we need every company to be doing that well said dirt world dirt world i've got a couple questions for the, the dirt talk podcast Ooh. questions from mason he says with what seems like a crash coming how do you feel about the uncertainty of blue collar work compared to the stability of nine to five i'm terrified i'll put my family in a bad spot so economy goes down does building stuff stop no Mm-mm. Building stuff does, does really never stop. Blue collar work never just stops. 
So if you are remarkably valuable, you'll find a place there. Maybe you're working for a company that's a little undisciplined right now and they get knocked out. There's going to be other companies looking to pick people up that are saying and sitting there and they're disciplined and there's, hey, there's actually some probably some pretty good people out there right now that we can go pick up some people that we couldn't hire just a year or two ago and then get ready for the next next cycle because they know, all right, good. It goes down. It goes back up. It goes down. It goes back up. This is just part of it. But has building ever stopped in the country? Is the United States going to stop developing itself? No, it's always going to be developing. It's always going to be growing. Sure, we're a developed nation, but just because we have roads and bridges now and a power grid now doesn't mean, okay, good. We've just done that. Check. Now we can go on to the next thing. It doesn't work that way. You got to now replace everything. Now all your, your cities, like look at all the cities and the different growth that's happened over the past few years and how uh, unprepared a lot of the infrastructure we have is for all this growth. Okay, great. Well, now we need to go upgrade all of that. Now we have 5G. Now we need to go upgrade all our whole telecom uh, system. Now we need all new fiber. Okay, great. Now we're going to go to renewables or whatever it is. We need a whole new power grid. There's always, there's always infrastructure. There's always building. There's always mining. Like look at what gold and copper and coal is doing right now. It's going through the roof. Oil and gas going through the roof. There's always blue collar work. So to put your family in a good spot, I would focus on how can I be as effective as I possibly can? How do I lead more effectively? How do I deliver as much value to the company I'm working for as possible? You're not going to get cut yeah. when cuts do happen. And if you do, you're going to be able to go somewhere else that will appreciate that value and will be able to bring you in even if times are tough. It also makes me think about uh, who were like the designated, you know, essential workers um, as like the, the pandemic kind of kicked in in 2020. It was not the uh, nine to fivers. No, we, we, I sat around at home for six weeks, March 15th to May 1. And then in April, I noticed, fuck, well, no one stopped working. So why the hell am I sitting at home? Yep. So I'm going to go road trip across America and visit everybody still flat out right now because no one has stopped. We're always going to be building. Yep. There's always going to be blue collar work. Automation is not the, the key here. It won't be the key well into the future. We can't outsource it. It's always going to need to happen. So the best defense against this, extreme ownership and, and, and just control of, of what you can control. Can you control the economy? No, you can't control the economy. But can you control how effective you are at leading those, those around you? Can you control about how, how effective uh, and, and profitable you can help your, your company to become? Can you control how you make those around you just better off? Yeah, you can control all of that. So that's where I would spend all of my time and energy. Yeah. You're going to be good to go. You're going to be good to go. And also, can you control your spending right now? Yeah. So you might want to be dialing that back. <laughs> I will say, I've met with a lot of very, very wealthy people over the past six months, three months. They're not spending right now. They're taking their cash, they're putting it in their savings, and they are holding off, holding on right now. Everyone. And they're all the rich people, and they've gotten there for a reason. Most of these guys didn't start out rich. So they've gotten there by being smart with money, and they're all sitting on their money right now. So there you go. But I think control what you can control. You can control how effective you are. I would, I would be spending all of my time and energy on that. This question was really interesting to me 
because I think there's also a, a perspective part of this that's interesting to me. So he mentioned the uncertainty of blue collar work compared to stability of nine to five. I almost, to me, I read that like uncertainty and stability would be switched in those roles. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's. I mean, what I, I think he's saying salary to hourly. Yeah, I was going to say like, you know, say it rains for the next month mm-hmm. and they can't work at all, then that's, you know, uncertainty. You're, you can still go to work every, every day for a nine to five. So I, I get that. Yeah. But in terms of like the work that's being done, to me, it it's almost the switch. It's like, well, people, there's always going to be a need for, like you said, like that blue collar work that you and I talked about maybe before we started recording podcasts today was like, well, you know, does, does your house have power on Christmas day? Then somebody's working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the same way, it's like that work's always there. It's always getting done. Um, I have a follow up. Maybe this is a dumb question. Maybe it's not. Maybe this is an unknowable thing. In the dirt world, what would you say is like the percentage of or the split percentage of m- maintaining uh, infrastructure versus building brand new infrastructure? Or is it all kind of the exact same thing? I'm not, I don't know if I'm educated enough to speak on that. And it, it just depends company to company. I mean, some companies right now are doing all new residential, all new commercial. And then yeah. other companies—they're not tearing down a whole swath of houses and building brand new homes yeah. or a brand new neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, okay. and all new. Um, but then you have a company like you know C.W. Matthews, Dan Garcia. They're just kind of building better infrastructure, uh, removing older infrastructure and just putting new in its place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it it really depends. But I think we're only going to be progressing in a more and we're we're only going in one direction, and that's we're going to eventually be replacing more mm-hmm. and creating less new. I mean, that's what I think was so fascinating about Europe was there's not n- much new development. It's all just replacing existing with better infrastructure. Yeah. Like that's why the demolition companies are so big and effective there. It's because there's a lot of demolition because they're like, well, this doesn't work anymore. Let's get rid of it and let's go build a better one. Yeah. It's like in the 50 years since we built this, technology has improved in a way that we should just replace it now. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, Mason, thanks for the question. I, I think there is, to me, there seems to be a certain amount of like, mm, I guess, vulnerability in a question like that and thinking about that where it's like, when you ask a question like that, you're clearly like thinking, you know, i want to make sure I take care of my family. Mm-hmm. I make sure that I'm doing something that like best serves me and my livelihood. And yet, like, obviously we're pretty pro, pro dirt world around here. Yeah. I just, I would not, I would not be overspending right now. I would be saving if you can. Yeah. I wouldn't be buying a new boat right now. I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm just saying this based on what I've seen a lot of wealthy people doing right now. And then I would focus on just how can I deliver as much value to the company I work for as possible. I got wound up out of this morning. I was listening to podcasts talk about all these very troubling economic indicators. Like, yeah, this is like the only way out of this is recession. Yeah, something is happening. Like like, like just mathematically, like that is the that is the only only way out is to reduce demand. And you reduce demand by just just keep raising interest rates. Keep, keep, keep. keep, Making it harder and harder to buy. There you go. Um. And and so I I got wound up about it and I'm like all right so what is getting wound up about this gonna do nothing so let's dial it back let's look at what I can control and let's go focus there that's all I can do do you feel like you have to intentionally make that choice a good bit in your life 
Like I, I'm getting wound up about a thing that like I can't control and need to just focus on what I can control. Yeah, sometimes. And and I guess the step one on that is just identifying when you're getting wound up because yeah. most people can't even get past that. Can't even identify. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little off right now. Why? So even just that is like, man, I am stressed out right now. Why am I so stressed? Oh, it's because this economy thing. Yeah. Well, and then you start asking yourself questions and you can kind of, oh, okay, all right, I get it. I know what I need to do. I'm going to go keep delivering. <laughs> it makes me think of, you know, it's, you, you say somebody, you seem mad not right now. I'm not mad. Yeah. Like, okay, well, you've got some identifying in your own life to do first. Sure. Um, but yeah. Well, Mason, I think that's a great question. Thanks for reaching out. Next one. This is from Trey. It says, hey, Aaron, I've heard you talk about the D7E, and I know that they're not your favorite dozer. But what problems make you dislike them? I'm asking because I've talked to some people and read that they're good dozers, and others like yourself say they definitely aren't the best. So I've never run a D7E. I've okay. never owned a D7E. So I can't technically comment on is it a good machine or not. I've just heard the word on the street. You know, they tried to do something, tried to the whole electric drive thing, which is working out really well for them now, which is the D6 XE. And then now they've put the electric drive into the D11 XE. So they've figured out, hey, we, we built an electric drive dozer and now we've polished that technology enough to bring it into the next generation. I think it was just a new technology thing. Didn't work out very well based on all of the things I've heard about them a lot, a little bit of a lemon and they don't make it anymore. If that tells you anything, <laughs> they, they went like to the PT cruiser, you know, they went in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. So they have a D seven, they have the new D seven, but it's a high drive and it's not a uh, electric drive. Yeah. So they, they departed from that acknowledged. Yeah, this was a screw up. Let's go in a different direction. And that's okay. You know, these big companies, they make screw ups and they would honestly be better off saying, yeah, we screwed that one up a little bit, but we learned our lesson and here's what came of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. D6XE. Yeah. Fantastic dozer. Okay. Yeah. I get it. You screwed up a little bit, but cool. We all screw up. You got these great new dozers now. You figured it out. Check. But instead it's like, I don't know. There's this weird ego thing. And, and all the manufacturers, it's not a cat thing. It's all of them. like, they don't like to admit when a machine no. really sucks, but all of them have so certain no, machines. No, it's great. We just won't make it anymore ever again. Yeah. There's certain machine like... I'm not going to talk about equipment brands, but there's some articulated trucks in the market that are just, they just do, just don't do well. Like transmissions, like wiring harnesses. There's some big problems with some haul trucks on the market. Sure. And they'd just be so, so much better off. Yeah. Yeah. We screwed that one up. Yeah. So, but we're working on it. We're good to go here. I think they can learn a lot from like Elon Musk, Tesla. Like the guy, they just miss deadline, deadline. They miss stuff in Tesla all the time. But he's like, yeah, we screwed that one up. And this is why. Here's what we learned. Okay. And everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. They're human like I am. Check. But instead, it's like, well, let's cover it up. We're perfect. We'd never make it. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's crazy. No, we didn't mess up. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. God, no. I mean, I think that's the the issue you run into. I'm not going to say issue, but I think that's the thing you run into when you're innovating is a lot of dumb ideas make it through the innovation phase. But all you're doing is like learning. Like that's the, what is the, the Edison thing? Where it's, you know, he tried a, a thousand, he found a thousand different ways to not make a light bulb. Yes. You know, it's like if these companies are like truly innovating in ways that like there is going to be value 25 years from now, that technology is still going to be different. Yeah. And I feel like the fear of failure with these big corporations, it really gets in the way of innovation because there's just, 
the industry talks about innovation, like, oh, this is crazy. This is groundbreaking. But you look at it, you're like, it's a new seatbelt class. Is it really, <laughs> is yeah. it really that innovative? Because these guys over here are talking about things that drive themselves and bitcoins and the meta. Like you, it's it's a comparison thing. So okay, yes, in this industry, that might have never been done before. So yeah, innovative, sure. But then me, as a as a young person, I look at the rest of the world and I'm like, well, great, but we're <laughs> still pretty damn behind here. Yeah. So let's start being a little bit more aggressive. Let's start really thinking out of the box. Let's start doing some dumb stuff to see what works and what doesn't work. And let's let's really just think bigger here because I just don't think the industry thinks big enough. I think we need to be more creative, more imaginative, just go beyond where we're already at. It, you know, all my comments online are all about how a method that someone hasn't seen before is stupid. I'm like, if it's stupid, they wouldn't be doing it. If it wasn't making them a bunch of money, they wouldn't keep doing it, you dummy. <laughs> and, and, and it's like people can't even acknowledge that, wow, that's a really cool way of doing something. Like, I, I had not even thought of that. That's so damn clever. Well, yeah, it's, they're not doing that way because they don't know any other options. It's because they probably tried a bunch of ways, and that way works the best yes. for them in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. I'm so appreciative. Like, demolition companies are a great example of they just try a lot of weird shit. They build a lot of weird shit. And you go out there and you look at their tools. You're like, what are these guys doing? And I love hearing about the, the custom like built tools. It's like, yeah. well, that didn't exist before, but it serves them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, ground level demolition in Arizona. They have these wrecking balls on their excavators and everybody talks shit about them, but they keep using them and they work really, really well. So it's like, <laughs> well, not that big of a problem. Sorry. Yeah. I, I guess they just have a bigger imagination and seems like they're making money so yeah. what's the problem here um, so you're of the opinion that um and maybe we can just stay like say equipment manufacturers specifically obviously yeah. not calling out anything yeah i don't want to focus on one no because that's a but you, you would say that probably industry-wide um the fear and kind of like watching what the other guys are doing is probably like the biggest uh obstacle that's in the way of innovation Probably industry wide, yeah. Okay. And they're all the big corporations, and and they're they're playing it safe. They're like they're more so concerned about protecting than creating a new. And it's like at some point someone's going to come along and saying, "Well, we can do this way better, way better." And there you go. It's again, it's I I, I I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Tesla. I'm really not. But you you can't argue with what they've been able to do. They're worth more than the next ten car companies combined. That's that is, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. How, like, wh what? But they did it because while everybody, all the manufacturers were focused over here, they just went a completely new way. Well, that goes back to, uh, what's the, the thing Henry Ford said? If I gave the people what they wanted, I would have given them a faster horse. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, that sort of uh, innovation requires um, almost like, in ignorance of what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, who cares? Because we're working towards, you know, wanting to solve this problem or whatever, like the innovation is for whatever you do. If you're always worried about what everybody else is doing, you'll never get there. And I think what's funny is, in, you know, I think um, an obvious one is like, you know, the iPhone, for instance. Once that came out, every other phone manufacturer is like, hey, we need to be making phones like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, they weren't the first ones to go invent a phone. No. 
uh, invent apps. They, they didn't really invent any of that. They just put it all together in a way that that's exactly what I want. Yeah. This is brilliant. And they didn't even hit it out of the park on the first one. The first one wasn't very good. Yeah. But then they got better and better and better and better at it. And they got, they got there because they've tried a lot of shit. So, and it's not to say that the manufacturers or construction companies or people like, there is innovation happening. There are some amazing things happening. Yes. I, I'm excited about the technology. I'm excited how, more, how much more effective machine, like, yes, I get all of that. But at the same time, I also think the industry, we just need to challenge ourselves to think bigger and just think with, think with more imagination. You know, approach it like we're six-year-olds. Six-year-olds are really imaginative. They mm-hmm. come up with a bunch of clever ways to go move dirt. Like, let's approach it with that kind of mindset and say, hey, you know, failure is okay. That's one of the problems I have with this whole, like, 100% safety culture and 100%, you know, avoid litigation. And you just, you keep going down this path of safe, 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 safe. So now you can't, you can't even afford to even think about deviating from that. Yeah. And then you basically just starve out any kind of innovation, any kind of imaginative thinking, any kind of risk taking whatsoever. And how do you change things? You, you, by definition, you take risks. You do things that might not work. That doesn't mean we have to go kill people, like endanger people's lives. But I think this, this whole concept of we need to always be so safe, I think it's, I think it's detrimental to the overall innovation of the entire industry. And I think we need to ask ourselves, how can we be more imaginative? How can we be more clever? How can we really think outside the box in a safe manner and acknowledge that some things might not work? And that's okay because to get us into that next generation, to make sure we can provide the infrastructure society needs, that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been thinking about the, the safety thing um, really like small place the last couple of weeks i had read somewhere online and it might even been from a build person uh it was talking about like with kids like you protecting them from every possible uh, harmful thing is like not good for them or you no and it was like in a a good approach to that would be like help your children do dangerous things carefully and so i'm thinking about that a lot as you're as you're talking because that's just like a a much broader much more um or just a much larger version of that. Like you're saying, if if you choke out all the space for creativity, for innovation, for anything different, like, is that really better? Yeah. So now you're just incentivizing to just for people to do it the way they've always done it. Uh, why would I go outside the box if there's potential penalties and risk like that? We can't even afford to do that. Yeah. We need to just do it the way we've always done it because I know that's going to be safe and predictable and get this result. It's, it's, yeah, going to child psychology, safetyism, this whole concept of we need to keep our kids so safe. And if one, if one injury, that's, that's just one too many. But it's like, that's terrible because humans and especially children are anti-fragile. They're anti-fragile, which means they need to take risks to develop a, a, an ability to evaluate risk in the, in the first place. They need to uh, encounter um, adversity or else they're going to be weak and feeble-minded when they're older. They, they need challenge. They need a uh, struggle. They need to go figure things out, figure out that, yeah, the stove is hot. And just because they said it, well, I had to go touch it. I'm like, yeah. great, check. I know it's hot now. And maybe when someone says something down, you know, they, they, they need that. I think adults are, are no different. And that's why I think it's funny is the, the application of 
this from just a child perspective all the way through to, you know, like you're saying, kind of go back to that, like safetyism where it's, if you leave no space and no margin for like any other kind of thinking, any other kind of, um, maybe it is innovation, but just like you solve problems in other ways. If you have a little bit more leeway to solve those problems, um, <laughs> everything you were saying about, uh, just like child psychology, I'm like, yeah, I see how that applies. I see how that applies to dirt world, you know? So, and so I think it's funny that I thought about it that way because when I spit it right back to you, you're like, yeah, yeah. And you popped out like four or five things that are like directly applicable to the larger conversation we're having. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying we're like, what's going on? Only way out of this is endangering people's lives. It's, that's not <laughs> yeah. what it's about, but it's, yeah, I, I think the fear of failure has, has, and the, the intolerance for any kind of failure whatsoever has really stifled true innovation in our space, mm-hmm. which is, which makes everybody lose at the end of the day. Yeah. Well said. Good conversation. Good conversation. Thanks, Good Thanks to Trey and Mason for the questions this week. Yeah. Uh, always appreciate the questions that come in. You can email me at dirttalk at buildwood.com. Yeah. We've questions. got a form on our website. Uh, really just any way you want to reach out to us on Instagram. Whatever. We just love seeing questions from y'all. Uh, yeah, sending questions to the podcast. And then YouTube has been going off lately. Yeah, so super check, fun. Check out the vlogs on YouTube. Uh, just search Aaron Witt. And then if you want to see the podcast on YouTube, just search Dirt Talk. And that'll come up as the podcast. We moved it to a different page. Yep. So with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it as always. And we'll see you on the next one. Stay dirty, everybody. Peace.